If you would, let's all stand. We'll go to prayer. We want to welcome all of our guests that's here this morning. We hope and pray you just join in and have a, enjoy the service because we come to worship God. He is a miracle-working God, and we love Him, and we praise Him, and we lift Him up. We want to pray this morning for uh, Sister Cook. She's, that's a testimony. Sister Cook's in her room. She's doing better. We want to keep praying. But she's doing better, Sister Shirley said. So we want to keep praying for her. And Patricia Hollister and Brother Medford, Brother Dale, Sister Myers, Sister Odom. And uh, we want to remember all that are sick and not able to be here. We want to pray for uh, Chris McKinney. Keep praying for Pat and Anthony Jackson. And that's another testimony. He was in intensive care He's uh, said the note it says testimony of prayer works no longer in ICU. So we've been praying for him and uh, Donna Reeves, John Ross, Linnell Rist. But let's pray for this service this morning. If you have a need, God is here and He's more than able. Let's love Him, church. Hallelujah. God, we love you. We praise you. We lift you up, God. We magnify your name, God. Lord, you see every situation that's here, Lord. You're more than able, God. You're more than able. You're miracle-working, God. We thank you for what you have done for these, Lord. Thank you for the miracles that you have performed, God. Thank you because you're the kind of God that you are. You're mindful of your people, Lord. God, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We praise you, God. We praise you, God. We praise you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. We praise you, Lord. We praise you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
Isn't God good? Isn't God good all the time? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may be seated if you like. The brothers bring the offering pans. We receive the offering. We're going to continue to have good church. Glory. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise today. Amen, amen. How many is glad to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Praise God, praise God. It's good to be in church. So thankful for God's goodness, His mercy, and His blessings allowing us to come together again to worship and to praise and to glorify His great name. Good to see everyone that's in the house of the Lord this morning to our guests. So glad that each and every one of you are here. Good to see Sister Heather's mother here in the house of God with us. Good to see Mickey here today. Uh, Dylan has a friend here today. Glad that she's in the house of the Lord with us. Good to see um, Bonnie here in church with us today. Everyone else that's here, good to have the Blakeleys here. Amen. I'm glad God is here. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. We want to remember to pray for those who are sick and unable to be in the house of the Lord. Let's pray especially for Brother Mefford. He's not doing well this morning and had a turn for the worse yesterday. And let's ask God to perform a great miracle for him. We know that God is a miracle worker. There is nothing that's too hard for God. There's nothing that God can't do. God is powerful and he is mighty. We believe him to do that today. I want to um, ask, of course, a lot of them are over in the gym at this time, but um, 
outreach meeting in the prayer room immediately following this service this morning. So if you're interested in outreach or you already work with outreach, please meet in the men's prayer room immediately following service. Also, Sunday school teachers and all the ones who have signed up to be teachers, I need to meet with you tonight at 5.30. Tonight at 5.30. And uh, that will also be in the men's prayer room tonight at 5.30. So remember that. All the Sunday school teachers that teach now and the ones who are looking to teach in the future, please be there at 5.30 tonight. And uh, we remember choir practice will be at 5.15. We will take a break. I know some of the teachers will be in choir practice, uh, but we will take a break for that meeting. It will not take long, but I do need to meet with each and every one of you, please. So remember that. And we're so glad to have the Blakeleys here with us. Uh, No strangers, even though it has been a while since they've been here. And uh, looking forward to the Word of God today. And tonight and what God has for us in this house. Amen. I come to church today anticipating something great from the Lord. I come anticipating something great for the Lord. I also come to church today to bring a sacrifice to God. Amen. Everybody likes to get something from God, but not everybody likes to give something to God. But to get something, you got to give something. And when you give it, He gives it back to you. Pressed down, compacted together, running over the edges. So I believe today if we would just for a moment enter into the presence of the Lord and give God a sacrifice of praise, glorifying, magnifying, and lifting up His great name, There is absolutely no telling what God will do in this house today. God, we believe You. We come to worship You. We come to magnify and to praise and to glorify Your great name, Jesus. Come on, church. Lift up the name of Jesus right now. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, we worship You. We praise You. We glorify Your great name. Hallelujah. With that voice of praise, why don't you put your hands together. Shout unto God with the voice of triumph today. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. We appreciate Brother and Sister Blakely. Doing a great work of God there in Guy, Arkansas, and different branch works that they have out of the home church there. And I appreciate his friendship. Uh, he is not only a, a good friend of mine and a great preacher, but he's also my first cousin. I do highly respect and honor him and glad that they're in the house of the Lord. Why don't you put your hands together and make Brother Blakely feel welcome this morning. Hallelujah. Well, thank you, Lord. Well, it is so good to be back in Sealsby, Texas today. And uh, I told my son, I told him, I said, I I guess that Sealsby has become one of my most favorite places to preach. Amen. When I'm away from Guy, every time we've ever come here, man, we have been treated with such hospitality. And you people seem like you have got such a hunger, amen, and love for the truth. 
Amen. I thank, I thank God for that today. Amen. We give honor to you, Pastor and his wife. Appreciate their, their hospitality. I was picking with the cadet that come over to get us. We was running a little late. And uh, he had to come back the second time and get us because we wasn't ready. And so he said, Brother Looper said, said, come on over. I said, you tell Brother Looper, quit bossing me around. <laughs> he said, I think I'll let you tell him that. <laughs> hey, man, we love Brother Looper. One of my earliest members of memories of Brother Looper was when he was just a small boy. John and I were out. We were doing something. I think John was working on one of his, one of his motor scooters. And all of a sudden, I heard one of the most blood-curdling screams you've ever heard in your life. It just pierced your brain. And it was Brother Looper. And I asked John, I said, what happened to him? I thought he got hurt. He said, ah, he just ain't getting his way. <laughs> Amen. I appreciate Brother Looper. I'm glad to see the hand of God on him and Sister Looper. Sister Looper, probably one of the most hospitable preacher's wives that we've been around. And we love her very much. And she sure... She sure reflects her dear parents, brother and sister Duplessis. Man, they are some of the kindest people you'll ever meet. And you know, I, I like to I like to study men that have been blessed and brother Duplessis all my life. Amen. I, I've I've heard about him, and he'd come down to Stuttgart and preach, and then I started evangelizing, and you'd hear about how God blessed brother Duplessis. And they took us over to the evangelist quarters. Thank you for the accommodations. But they began to tell me the story of why those those buildings were built, how Brother Duplessis had built them for with us. And I thought, you know, there's no wonder, no wonder God has blessed him like he's blessed him. Amen. I appreciate him, don't you, the work he's done. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Glad to have my good wife with me. I told somebody I don't like I don't like to go anywhere without her. Man, I need her. Amen. She packs my stuff for me. Amen. Of course she forgot my handkerchiefs today. Amen. I went back to find the handkerchief. No handkerchiefs. I guess we're gonna have to buy some handkerchiefs, Sister Blakely. Amen. But I don't know about you, but I come to to obey the Lord. I hope that that um, I hope that I can say something today to be a blessing. I, I feel something in my spirit. feel like the Lord has talked to me. Amen. He said it's brand new. Thank God. Amen. Right now I can't be too choosy. <laughs> Amen. But I, I, since I was here, man, it's been well over two years, probably two and a half years or so. Amen. It's been a lot of water under the bridge. A lot of things that happened in my life. Some good things, some bad things. But I want to tell you overall, God has been good to Mike Blakely. Amen. He has been a faithful God. And let's go into the Word of the Lord today. If you have your Bibles and you would turn with me, I will do my best to be time conscious today. If you'd turn to 1 Corinthians, I'm going to read three different sets of scriptures for a text today. In 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter, 
and starting to read at verse 57, the Bible says, But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Let me read that part again. It says, For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Now, if you would turn with me to Hebrews, the sixth chapter and the ninth verse, the Bible says, But beloved, We are persuaded better things of you and things that accompany salvation, though we thus speak. For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which ye have showed toward us, toward his name, in that ye have ministered to the saints and do minister. Notice this. He said, That God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love. And then Amos, the 8th chapter, for the sake of the text, the 7th verse, says, The Lord hath sworn by the excellency of Jacob, Surely I will never forget any of their works. I want to talk to you today from this title, very simple title, and that is God has an excellent memory. God has an excellent memory. Let's lift up our hands and let's ask the presence of God to come into this place. In the name of the Lord, I'm asking you, God, that you would touch today in Silsby. I'm asking you, Lord, to let the anointing of the Holy Ghost touch me and use me today. Open up the hearts of this people, God. Bless them today. Build their faith. Encourage them. In Jesus' name we pray, God. Would you give the Lord a good hand clap all over the building right now as you are seated. Amen. God bless you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to start out today... By, by telling you that we are serving a faithful, faithful, faithful God. He is a, a loyal, loyal God. No matter what you're facing, no matter what you're looking at, amen, whether you're on the mountain or whether you're in the valley, He is a faithful, faithful, never-failing God, amen. He is a God that will meet every need, Amen. In Philippians, the fourth chapter, the 19th verse, the Bible said, But my God shall supply all your need according to the riches, to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Amen. I want to tell you today, I don't know what you're in need of. I'm sure in a congregation this size, all of us today have needs. All of us have something. Some may need financial Miracles, some may need healing, some may need problems fixed in your families, whatever the situation is, I'm telling you, God's got it. 
Amen. If you need a financial miracle, I'm glad to report today that we serve a wealthy God. Amen. A God that has all the wealth in the world. It's all held in the palm of His hand. Amen. And it is under His authority and His power. Amen. And and uh, I believe with all my heart, amen, that God can do anything. I, I've seen Him. I've served God for 42 years now. And I'm telling you, He's never stopped amazing me. Amen. He's never stopped uh, making me just, just leaving me in awe of how great He is and how powerful He is and how He can work things out that seems so impossible. Have you ever had Him to do anything impossible for you? Amen. I'm glad today that with God all things are possible. Amen. And all things are under His command and under His control. Amen. But you know what What we do? We know God is great. We know God has all power. But what we do as servants of Christ is very, very important. What we do as, as Christians is, is very important. And God does have a plan for us. Amen. In Galatians, the sixth chapter and the sixth verse and the se- sixth, sixth chapter and the seventh verse, I'm sorry. The Bible says, be not deceived. God is not mocked for whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Amen. You know, God has set it up in his kingdom that, that we sow seeds of righteousness and that we sow seeds in life. And He has set it up that whatever type of seed that we put in the ground, it will no doubt come up. It's a law of life. It's a law of God. Amen. But you know, it's important to plant the right seeds in life. Amen. As we live every day, be careful because you are planting seeds. I found out something about seeds. Seeds, seeds can last a long, long time. In, in the in the inside of that little hard shell is an an embryo, and that embryo can last for years and years and years, even in the natural. I was reading an article that that tells about. I don't know if you have date palm trees in this area or not. They have them out in Arizona. Amen. And over in the Middle East is where they originated. But I read a story about the date palm. And, uh, um, they, somebody, some way, uh, they preserved seed from back even as long as Jesus' day, 2,000 years ago. I don't know if they put them in a clay jar, didn't get that far in the article, but they preserved some seed and they took five seed from 2,000 years ago, and they planted those five seeds in the ground. And Brother Duplessis, one of those seeds came up, amen, and produced a a date palm tree, amen. I want to tell you something. Be careful what kind of seeds you plant, amen. Make sure they're righteous seeds. Make sure they're seeds that you want to eat off of later, amen, because they will come up, amen, the in Second Corinthians, the ninth chapter, in the sixth verse, the Bible said, But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. 
Amen. You know, a lot of times we take these scriptures and, and we pretty well, we, we, uh, we, we use them for giving. And it's a type of giving. And I tell our church at home, I say, you know what? Give like you want to receive. Amen. Just give like you want to receive. I'm not going to tell you how much to give. I'm not going to tell you how to give. Just give like you want to receive. And most of us, we like to receive a lot, don't we? Amen. And so we encourage people, give like you want to receive. In 2 Corinthians, the ninth chapter, in the 7th verse, the Bible says, Every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly, not of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. Amen. You know what you need to do when they pass the offering pan? You need to give what you can feel good about and what you can have faith in. And you know what? God will come down and bless that. You can't give grudgingly. You can't give with regret. But if you'll give in faith and say, hey, I can do this much and feel good about it, what will happen is God will start blessing what you give. And then the next time you give, you'll say, I want to give a little more. Amen. I want to see God bless a little more. I want to receive a little more, so I'm going to give a little more. Now, I didn't come to teach on giving today or to preach on giving dollars and cents, even though dollars and cents are a big, big part of the kingdom of God. Everything in this building is connected to dollars and cents. So it is important what we give. But you know, there's another way that, that, that we plant seeds. And God measures your works. He measures your good works. And just like money becomes seed, and you put your money in the offering, and it comes up, and God blesses it back to you after many days, God judges our works. And God allows the works of righteousness that we do in His kingdom. He allows them to become seed in our life. God recognizes, I believe with all my heart, God recognizes every work of righteousness that you put in the ground. Every seed that you put in the ground, God sees it. God sees the sacrifice of it. I look today as these precious young people were entering this this uh, sanctuary. Somebody, I looked out my window this morning, Brother Duplicy, early this morning, there were cars lined up. You know what that tells me? I heard some people over maybe working in the kitchen. I, uh, I, no doubt there's Sunday school teachers that got up here early praying and getting their class ready, getting things ready for the children. Let me tell you something today, Sunday school teacher. God's seen you get out of bed early today. God's seen the works of righteousness that you dedicated to His kingdom. Amen. You ladies that was over there today and someone was rattling some pots and stuff, I could hear. Amen. He sees you every time you cook a meal for a funeral. He sees every time you cook for a church function. I'm telling you, it's just as important to God as anything we do in the kingdom of God. You that clean the church, God recognizes it. Well, I wonder y'all going to help me today in Silsby. I said, he recognized it every time you mow the grass, every time you clean the church, every time you bake a cake or a pie. I thought about the good music we heard today. That didn't just happen. Somebody had to go to practice. 
You hear these beautiful songs in Pentecost. Man, Pentecost has got some of the best talent in the world, but it don't just spring up like a mushroom. Somebody has to make a sacrifice and go to church early and get in the right key and, and, and get everything just right where they can get up and give God an expression of praise and worship. And God recognizes it. He recognizes when you musicians get together and practice. And He recognizes bus ministry. They tell me about Sister Tiffany. Amen. Working in this bus ministry. You know what? For teenagers, amen, to have a burden to do something like that, God recognizes it. God sees it. He sees you young people every time you coordinate and go out and knock doors and, and do outreach. He sees you young couples every time you, you hand somebody a church card and invite them to church. God sees your seed. And I'm telling you, there's a day when you need it the most that it will come up. I'm telling you, it's like when you need to hear from God, God looks back because He's got an excellent memory. And He says, you know what? I look back here and I see, I see, I see where they did this in the church. I see when there wasn't any volunteers, this person come up and volunteered. I see when didn't nobody want to pick up the widows for church. Amen. You came and picked up the widows for church. And I know that was a little seed, but I'm, I'm fixing to turn it into a big, big blessing. Brother, I'm going to tell you, it's amazing when God puts His hands into something. When God puts His big hand into your life. And God puts His hand on your seed. Oh, I'm telling you, I can feel the Holy Ghost here today. God's wanting to do something in Silsby today. 28 years ago, I went to Guy, Arkansas, not knowing anything about building a church, and I really don't know a whole lot about building a church today. But we went, and God, on the, on the burden of Sister A.O. Holmes, we went to a little community called Guy, Arkansas. And we rolled up our sleeves and, and tried to dig out a church. I've, I've recently turned the, service, turned the church over to my son, and, and he's taking care of it, doing a great job. But we have always, guys, such a little place, and we've reached out to everybody in Guy, but you can overexpose yourself in a little small place. We have 700-something people in Guy. And so we have always tried to reach out, and, and at an early uh, age in my ministry, not really knowing what I was doing, we have always tried to, to reach out beyond the walls of our church. And we, we have tried to plant churches in different areas. We started the church in Guy. We went to, to Dumas, Arkansas, and I think we had 12 or 13 new people to get the Holy Ghost there. Amen. We, we went to Mountain Home, had several get the Holy Ghost in Mountain Home, Newport, Arkansas, Rosebud, Arkansas, Berryville, Arkansas. I took a young couple up there. I'd had a burden for Berryville, and, and I took a young couple by the name of Brother Stephen Thrasher uh, up there and and he had had some changes in his ministry, and he is calling me pastor. And he'd got he'd got got a board run church. He he took a board run church, and they wouldn't let him buy a piece of toilet paper without running it by the board. And so I told him, I said, "Are you really looking at me as your pastor?" He said, "I am." I said, "Well, you need to resign. Get out of that. You can't you can't go somewhere where they're 
tying your hands and you can't buy outreach and you can't do things that you need to do. I said, I said, man, you need to get out of there. And you know what? He did it. And he said, now, Pastor, what am I going to do now? I said, well, you know what? I've been feeling a burden for a little place called Berryville. I think you would fit up there. So I took him over there, and he said, you know what? I feel it. And so I rented him a building, Brother Duplessy. And that young man has rolled up his sleeves, and in 14 years, God has blessed them. He called me the other night, people getting the Holy Ghost left and right. He said, we had 160 in service tonight, Pastor. He got more people coming than I've got. I rejoice about it. Hallelujah. And, and since then, since then, since Berryville, the last, in the last couple of years, we have took on three new works, one in Berryville, I'm, I'm sorry, in Fairfield Bay, and one in Conway, and one in Atkins. And God is, God is blessing, and I, I'm thanking God for it. No, they're not all having revival. COVID hit, and in two of them, it's like we've had to start all over. But you know what? I'm still planting seed. God has showed me how important it is just to keep reaching out, just to keep trying, just to keep working. And so today, after 28 years, and, and some may feel like, oh, man, that's not very good. But, you know, we, we, we have had to close down four churches in the last 28 years. All of them didn't make it. Some of them we just went there for a couple of years and left. But you know what? In, in every one of those churches, we had people to get the Holy Ghost. In every one of those churches, we had people to get delivered. Amen. And when we'd close down a church, we'd get those people that we prayed through, and we'd try to relocate them in a good church. I went and preached the other night for a brother, and I looked up there and saw a young lady singing under the anointing of the Holy Ghost. They got the Holy Ghost in Mountain Home, Arkansas. And I thought, no, yeah. My seed is still coming up. It's still multiplying. It's still going forward. Hallelujah. Well, glory. Hallelujah. I want to read you a scripture in 2 Corinthians 9 and 8. And I'm going somewhere today. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you that ye always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. As it is written, he hath dispersed or scattered abroad. He hath given to the poor. He hath, his righteousness remaineth forever. And I want you to notice this. Now he that ministereth seed to the sower, both minister bread for your food. You know, that's one reason it is so important for you to be in church every time the door is open. Because when this preacher or other ministers gets in this pulpit, they're going to minister bread for you. There's going to be food for you to keep you, amen, and to satisfy you and keep you full of the Holy Ghost, amen. Notice this. It said, and multiply your seed. Not only is God going to feed you when you come to church, but this man of God's going to get up under the anointing of the Holy Ghost and he's going to preach to you. And as he preaches to you, he's going to preach works of righteousness that you can do and you can participate in. And the Bible says, and multiply your seed sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. 
Preaching will cause seed to be scattered all over this church that will come up in fruits of righteousness if we get some people that's willing to do the works. Being enriched in everything to all bountifulness, which causeth through us thanksgiving to God. I want to remind you today, God has an excellent memory. He has an excellent memory. I want to slow down a little bit. I want you to get this today. In Kings chapter 4, there is a familiar story. I don't know whether I preached about this here before. I really don't care if I can't remember it. You sure can't. It's about a little woman from Shunem. story about the Shunammite woman. And this woman, when she met the man of God, she wanted a continual relationship for her family. She wanted a connection to the man of God. So the Bible said that she went to her husband and she said, I perceive that this is a man of God. Amen. Aren't you glad for a man of God today? Can you perceive today that you've got a man of God standing in this pulpit? Amen. He's not just a hireling that decided he was going to preach, but God called him, and, and through the hand of God, he placed him in Sealsby, Texas. She said, I, 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 I perceive he's a, a man of God. And the Bible said that she, she convinced her husband to build a chamber on the wall. She built this chamber on the wall, and the Bible said she... She furnished it, and I, I don't want to, I don't want to get hung up here. But the Bible said she put a bed in it. You know what that bed represents? Amen. She put a bed. She put a place for the man of God to rest. I want to ask you a question today. Can Brother Looper go home at night and go to sleep and rest in your walk with God? Are you the kind of saint that he don't have to worry about when he puts his head on his pillow at night? Woo! Help us, Holy Ghost. Amen. That bed, that bed represents the rest. The Bible said that put a chair and a table. That table, you know what that table represents? That table is a place where you put bread. That, that, that table represents your support to the church. Without your support, there's no bread going to come from this pulpit. Thank God for people that are tithe and a support and a give of their substance and, and give according to the Scripture to keep bread on this pulpit. The Bible said that, that she put a chair there, a place for him to sit down. Brother Duplessis, I, I wish sometimes saints could understand what preachers go through behind the scenes mentally and how sometimes and you don't you don't realize when you're in a trial he's helping you fight but keep in mind there might be 15 or 20 people here that he's helping fight that battle and he's praying for and he's fasting for and he's praying for the whole church and he's trying to get a message so there's sometimes that he's going to come to church and he's going to be He's going to be mentally worn out. 
And you know what he needs? He needs somebody to do like Aaron and her and pick up his arms and say, Hey, preacher, I'm here to help you. Hey, preacher, let me, let me, let me do that work. Hey, preacher, let me vacuum the carpet. Hey, preacher, let me paint that room. Well, glory. Clap your hands to the Lord. One more is a light. She put a lamp in that room. There's ever a day, especially after this election, if there's ever a day, you ought to get on your face and say, God, move on, Brother Looper. Give him divine wisdom to lead us through this end time. Give him light, God, that we can make it through this end time. But this woman done all of this, and evidently God was pleased with her. And so the prophet of God, Elisha, he wanted to do something for her. He felt obligated to do something for her, and he's trying to figure out what he can do, and he asked her, what do you need? And finally Gehazi speaks up and said, she don't have a child. And so he prays over, and in a, a, a season she has a little boy, has a baby. Amen. Through the promise of God, through God remembering her building that wall, she has a child, promised child, a miracle child. And he's out and he grows up and he's a little boy out helping daddy in the field and he, he grabs his head. He said, my head, my head. They send him, they call for his mother. She takes him, she puts him on her lap, no doubt praying and asking God for mercy, and the little boy dies. Man, it's a sad thing when God promises us miracles and they die. You ever had God to quicken something to you that He was going to do and it looked like it was just happening and unfolding and all of a sudden some kind of trial come by? And it's like it just took it all away from you. Well, there's people here today. I feel it in the Holy Ghost. Amen. There's people here today that, that you're not doing what you could be doing and what God has given you talent to do in this church. And there needs to be a, a stirring up and a resurrection in you. This little woman picks up that dead baby. And she goes straight to that room. Why? Because she knows God is going to remember what she's done for that man of God. She's hoping, the only hope I've got is to get help from the man of God. She takes that boy and she lays him on that bed and she runs to the man of God. He comes back and he prays for the child and resurrects that child. Oh, you know what I feel like God sent me to seals me today? is to help somebody get some dead things resurrected in your life. God has promised you some things. He's talked to you in prayer. He spoke to you in prayer. Faith gripped your heart. And the devil has tried to kill your dream. Well, I feel in the Holy Ghost. It's resurrected right now while the preaching is going forth. Brother, when that, when that, when that boy come back to life, 
That woman, I can imagine, she said, look what God done. He remembered what I built. He remembered that, that room on the side of the wall. He remembered that furniture that I put in that room for the man of God. Hallelujah. Lift up your hands and love Him right now. Jesus, help me, God. Help me, Jesus. Elisha, God gets to talking to Elisha. And he says, Elisha, I'm sending a famine, a horrible famine. And out of his obligation and love for this family, he tells this woman, he said, you need to leave here. It's fixing to get rough. You need to move. You need to leave. You need to leave this, this house. You need to leave this chamber. And you need to go to another land. And you know what? She had enough trust, not seeing what's ahead of her. She had enough trust in the man of God to say, I don't understand it. I, I can't see it coming. God didn't talk to me. But if he talked to you, that's what I'm going to do. Oh, sometimes, you know what? Sometimes, amen, when we're, 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 we're on this course of life and, and God may speak something to the pastor for you, hey, don't, don't take that job. Hey, don't, don't buy that house. He's not trying to control you. He's not trying to just get in your business. But he's your overseer. And you ought to trust him enough that when he gives that little voice to you and say, Hey, Brother Looper, I can't feel it. I can't see it. But I trust you enough. If you said God said it, I'm just going to do it. And so she leaves. She goes to another country. And during this time, Elisha, he, he's, he's, he's getting more famous because he's working miracles. He's working all these miracles. And, man, you read about the miracles of Elisha. It's too much to get into. But, man, he takes and during this famine, they fix a big old pot of, of soup. And, and uh, they find out somebody put a poison herb in it and it's poison. And, man, that soup was valuable in this day. They needed that soup. Elisha goes up. He prays over it, puts a little meal in it, says, go ahead and eat it. It's okay now. He's working all these miracles. Seven years pass by. This woman's been gone for seven years. And Gehazi one day is talking to the king. And the king says, hey, Gehazi, tell me about some of the miracles that Elisha's been working. Tell me about some of them miracles. I've been hearing about this guy. Tell me about what's going on. And so Gehazi, he, he begins to tell the king. He says, hey, let me tell you about this. He says, you know what? There was a little widow woman that her husband was, was a prophet. And he was faithful to God. And you know what? When he died, the creditors were going to come and take her two sons away. He said, but let me tell you something. I'm paraphrasing. God's got an excellent memory. <laughs> he remembered that old prophet. And he, 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 he said, you know what? I'm going to take care of his widow. <laughs> Amen. I'm going to take care of his widow. Amen. And so, Elisha, 
he goes by and he tells her, he says, what do you got in your house? What do you got to work with? Well, can I ask you a question today, Salesby? What do you have that God can work with? What kind of talent do you have? What kind of ability could, do you have? There's hidden talents sitting on these pews today that if you could just get stirred up and get a burden working in you, there ain't no telling what you could do in this church. There ain't no telling what kind of soul winners is sitting in this place. Well, well. What do you got in your house? All I've got is a pot of oil. Go get it. He said, now go out and borrow all the vessels that you can borrow. He said, borrow not a few. Get a bunch. They come back and they start pouring out of that thing and they fill up every one of those vessels. They sell that all and pay her debts. Amen. He's telling these stories. Gehazi's telling these stories. He said, let me tell you one more. He said that seven years ago, there was a little woman named Shunem. And this little woman had so much confidence in the man of God that she built a room and built a chamber. And says, and, and, and then the prophet wanted to do something for her, so he prayed and she had a child. And then that child died and, and he was telling the story and he looks up. Let, let me read it to you real quick. Let me read it. I don't want you to miss nothing. Second Kings 8 and 4 says, And the king talked with Gehazi, the servant of the man of God, saying, Tell me, I pray thee, all the great things that Elisha hath done. And it came to pass, as he was telling the king how he had restored a dead body to life, that behold, notice this, the woman whose son he had restored to life cried to the king. Right in the midst of Gehazi's story, this woman and her son that used to be dead walks in. Brother, I want to tell you something. I feel in the Holy Ghost. There's people here today that you're facing things and you're trying to put things together on your time clock. Forget about your time clock. God knows exactly how and when to put things together. It wasn't no accident. That this man is telling the king a story and that woman walks in with her son? Come on, come on, come on, help me today. Faith's trying to get a hold of somebody's heart. God's wanting to do something in somebody's life today. Gehazi says, hey, O king. This is the woman that I'm talking about. This is the woman that I'm talking about. And notice verse 6. And when the king asked the woman, she told him, so the king appointed her unto a certain officer, saying, Restore. Now this woman, she left it all to be obedient to the man of God. And he says, Restore all that was hers. Now that's that's a pretty good deal. You missed the famine, come back, get all your property back. But it don't stop there. See, because there was seed in the ground. And that seed was growing for seven years without her realizing it. 
Man, I feel the Holy Ghost in seals me today. I feel the will of God being here today. Somebody needs a word from God. Somebody needs to resurrect something in your life. Somebody needs to get stirred up and say, hey, I realize I've got seed in the ground. Devil, you've been lying to me long enough. He said, restore all that was hers. And all the fruits of the field since the day that she left. He said, I'm not just going to give her her property. I'm going to give her all of those harvests that she missed. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost today. I'm telling you, God sees what you've done. God sees the years that some of you backed up Brother Duplessis. He sees the years that you've stood with Brother Looper. He sees every works of righteousness that you've done. Be seated. Would y'all give me ten more minutes? I know I went a long time, but I'm going to try to hurry. Sister Blakely and I, 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 we've been married. Better be careful here. Thirty-eight. Thirty-eight years? Is that right? Well, good. If you don't know, I ain't going to worry about it. Thirty-eight years. 1982. Well, somewhere in 1983, we'd bought a little home. And man, I, I decided I was going to get rich, Brother Duplessis. I bought three rental trailers, and man, I was on my way to getting rich. It's just only one problem. I couldn't get any of them birds to pay me. And so I, I didn't have rental property very long. I wasn't very good at it. But in the midst of this, I had an old neighbor that lived next door. It's too too long to get into, but this man was, I didn't have a grandfather growing up. Both of my grandfathers died, and I got real close to this neighbor. He was an elderly gentleman in his 80s, mid-80s. And when I got married, he wanted to do something for me, and he knew he didn't have very many years left. He had already given us antiques and give me shotguns and all kinds of stuff. been a blessing to my life. But he had this property that was going commercial. And, and I knew it was worth a lot of money. And, and uh, he told me, he said, I, I'd like to sell you this property. He said, I have one living relative. He said, she's got plenty of money. He says, uh, I've already committed to give it to her or I'd just give it to you. He said, but you know what? He said, I think I can talk her into selling this to you real, real cheap. And he was going to finance it for me cheap for no interest. And it was just a young man's dream. It was my life. It was my break in life, I thought. And so, man, I sold my home. Sold them rental trailers. Took one of the rental trailers. Moved on his property. I said, Mr. Moore, you can just live there the rest of your life. And we'll live in this mobile home. And, uh, and we'll just go ahead and get the papers ready. And he said, okay, we'll do it. So I moved everything over there. Well, two years went by. And I could not get this little woman to sign the papers. And finally, after two years, set me back. She says, I'm not going to do it. That's not enough money. I just don't want to sell. And she just told her uncle flat no. She had everything in her name. And I thought, Brother Duplessis, this woman 
has cheated me out of a great blessing in life. I thought, God, man, you know how you get feeling sorry for yourself? I thought, man, I've been faithful. I've been paying my tithes. I've done everything I know to do that my pastor told me to do. Why has this happened, God? What is going on here? And all of a sudden, <laughs> hey, man, I walk into the office one day. Brother Holmes says, sell your house. I feel like it's time for you to evangelize. Man. Hurrying up, two years later, I'm in Guy, Arkansas. Broke with nothing, trying to start a church. No money, no nothing. <laughs> yeah, a lot of it left over. I went and got me a little job. I've told this part, I think, at this, this church, but I hadn't told all of it. I went and got me a little job at a meat department. I was a meat cutter by trade. All I knew to do is go to work, support my family, and build a church on the side. So I started working. I worked several weeks, and revival shut down. And God, and God got to dealing with me. And if I've ever had God to speak to me, He spoke to me one day while I was working. He said, if you work as hard for me, giving Bible studies and knocking doors and working, he said, I'll take care of your finances. And I thought, man, I know that's God, but I don't know how my wife's going to feel about this. I went home. Sister Blakely has been praying and crying. And she, she met me at the door. She said, honey, I feel like God spoke to me. Well, what did he say? He said, if you'd quit that job, he'd take care of us. And he'd open this revival back up in God. Brother, I went back in and gave my two-week notice. Make a long story short. I'm short on time today. Make a long story short. Mr. Morgan died. My old friend passed away. And this little woman that cheated me, I thought she cheated me out of this land. She asked me to preach a funeral. So I preached the funeral, and I don't know what touched this woman. But God touched this woman's heart. She come to me after the funeral and tried to pay me. I said, I wouldn't think of taking no money. I love Mr. Morgan. She said, well, son, give me your address. I want to send you a thank you note. I gave her my address. From that day, for three and a half years, until our church could support us, that woman supported us every month with enough money to pay my bills and the church's bills. I thought, I thought it was just, I thought God would, the devil had messed everything up and God was preserving my seed. One, one more quick step, stand together, I'm quitting. One more quick story, I didn't tell you those. Stories about those daughter works to try to pin roses on us. Because I'm telling you, daughter works are a struggle. But we've worked hard. Our people today, as I'm talking, we have canceled our Sunday morning. We've sacrificed our Sunday morning service, having one service at 4 o'clock in the evening. Because we have a group going to Fairfield Bay, musicians, singers, sound men, saints. Some going to Conway. And they're splitting up and they're going and having church and then we all meet back at four, thir- four o'clock. And so we put a lot into this. But we've done this for years trying to reach out and it just seemed like it's, 
It's always been a struggle, but I, I feel that burden to keep doing it. And man, to shut down for worse, you think, well, sometimes you get thinking, what's the use? But you know what? There's use. Because God has an excellent memory. Few, we had, we had been over there for about a year in Conway. We were having service in the Holiday Inn. We'd rented a nice facility there. But it just wasn't happening in the Holiday Inn. People won't commit to the Holiday Inn. So I told my son, I said, son, we've got to buy a building. There were some vacant church buildings in Conway for sale. They were all too high, but I said, we're going to have to bite the bullet and do this if we're going to make this work. Conway has right at 60,000 people in it and um, not a good, strong church. And so, man, we, we was praying, and my little granddaughter had a procedure at the hospital, and uh, I had had a dream the night before. And I dreamed that I was standing in this field with my pastor. And there was debris everywhere. A storm had just come through. And at that time, we had just went through the worst storm of our life. And I was loading this trailer with debris with my pastor. And he looked at me. He said, Brother Blakely, God sees the work you've been doing. He said, we got to we got, we got to stay unified, and we got to make heaven. To, it's not going to be long. The Lord's going to come. I said, yes, sir, and we just kept working. I looked across the field, and there was a wood line. And I looked, and there was a giant log. It looked like that log was that big. And it was hollow, and there was something hanging down. And so, you know, dreams. I walk, so I walk over, and I look up in that thing. I reach up in there, and I pull out. It looks like a handkerchief with something wrapped in it. And I opened it up, and it was antique gold coins. I thought, my Lord, and it was a bunch of them, probably a hundred coins. Well, I noticed there was a split in that log. I, I took something and pried that log apart, and there was probably a hundred of those pouches with gold antique coins in them. And I, I called my pastor over there. I said, hey, come here. I want you to see this. I was picking, in this dream, I was picking, I said, you're going to get richer, and I'm fixing to get rich for the first time. We split this, and he looked at me and said, oh, no, 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 brother. He said, God has saw and remembered your seed. And that all belongs to you. All that gold belongs to you. And I woke up. I thought, God, I called Michael. I said, man. Let me tell you what happened. We went to the hospital that morning. We're sitting there talking. I said, son, maybe God's going to bless us with some money to buy a church. God's in this dream. Daddy, I feel it. He said, just be patient. He said, keep looking at buildings. I left that hospital, drove, and, and when I, my front wheels of my truck touched my driveway at home, phone rung. And it was a preacher in Conway. Is this Brother Blakely? I heard y'all were starting a church at Conway. I said, well, we're doing our best, brother, but we need a building. Pray that we can find a building. He said, brother, that's why I'm calling you. He said, you know, I've had throat cancer, and I, I, just, I just can't pastor anymore. All the people's left. There's nothing left. All we have is a building and a fellowship hall and a three-bedroom brick house. I was wondering, would you be interested in it? I said, oh, brother, Patty, yes. 
Yes, I'd be interested. Just tell, I just need to know if I can afford it. Tell me how much. He said, you can afford this. He said, because I'm talking about just talking. We got two backslid board members that's left, and I've done talk to them, and they said, if you want it, just sign it over to you. And God gave us a nice church building, a fellowship hall, and evangelist quarters at a three-bedroom brick house. What, what are you trying to say? I just believe God's got an excellent memory, Brother Duplicity. He's seen me driving two and a half hours to Dumas, Arkansas, and two hours to Mountain Home. And God says, you know what? It's not in vain. I'm still in control of this ship. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost today. God wants somebody to resurrect that dead son in your life. God wants somebody to say, hey, God, I gave up on it, but I know you can resurrect it and you can use me in Jesus' name. I want to be a willing vessel. Hallelujah. Why don't you step out from where you stand and lift your hands toward heaven. I want to be a willing vessel. I want to be used I want to keep planting seeds. I want to empty up myself available to you. So let me be a willing vessel. Be a willing vessel. Be a willing vessel you can use. Oh, I want to be a willing vessel, a vessel you can use. I want to be a willing vessel, the instrument you choose. I want to empty of myself available to you. So let me be a willing vessel, be a willing vessel, be a willing vessel you can use. But I want to be a willing vessel.
lift our hands and our voices together and thank God for His Word today. God, we thank You for Your Word. Thank You, God. We give You praise. We give You glory and honor for it today. Thank You, Lord, for speaking to us, for visiting with us this morning. Come on, let's give Him praise together right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Remember church tonight. Remember choir practice tonight at 515. Sunday school teachers meeting with the teachers, the present teachers, those who have signed up to teach, meet with me in the men's prayer room at 530 this evening. And uh, outreach meeting for all of those who work in outreach, wants to work in outreach, if you would meet in the men's prayer room immediately right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Remember, church, let's be faithful to the house of God tonight. Get here early for prayer. Seek in the face of the Lord. Now see, y'all don't know these announcements because y'all all start talking before I get through. Y'all don't know these announcements because you all start talking before I get through. Thank you. And so remember this. Anybody know what time prayer meeting starts tonight? All right. Don't forget that about 5.30. Start getting ready for prayer meeting. Let's come back to church believing and expecting God for a great move of the Holy Ghost. Let Brother and Sister Blakely know how much we appreciate them being here with us. Lord bless you. You can be dismissed in Jesus' name.